we've been studying for some time, and we started out this study on uh, the, God, the God of this world, and uh, had a friend that had mentioned that scripture, and, and I'd never really studied that, uh, Satan being the God of this world, and uh, so we began to, to study that, and uh, to see just what that meant, Satan, God of this world, and of course, as we studied that, uh, we uh, realize that it's not what many people think that it means, the God of this world. Uh, the, the true God, our God, uh, is, uh, is still in control. So, given Satan, the, uh, describing him as the God of this world, uh, we want to make sure we understand what that's not. He's not in control. He's not the high God. So after we we had studied that, then we're following that up with uh, how to worship Satan. And that's what we'll continue with this morning, how to worship Satan. We talked about it last week. So we don't, we don't teach this that you would worship Satan, of course, but that you wouldn't. And I gave an illustration that uh, years ago, whenever my cholesterol started creeping up, and they said, well, okay, don't eat you know, all the, the pork and the fat and the beef and things like that. So I thought, well, okay, yeah, there's chicken. But uh, then, you know, shrimp doesn't have any fat, lobster and crab legs doesn't have any fat. And Rhonda, I was eating this thinking I was doing good and found out, no, that's, that's bad. That's, for some reason, that is bad for your cholesterol, but my intentions were to do good. But in actuality, I was doing the opposite of that. Uh, I gave another illustration, caffeine. I, I try not to drink much caffeine. It makes me talk too much, and then the Lord shouts at me, so I uh, try not to drink the caffeine. So I go to a restaurant, and... Uh, I'll just, you know, they, what do you want to drink? And I'll say, well, something without caffeine. And they'll say, well, we got Sprite, 7-Up, Mountain Dew. And most people, or a lot of people don't realize Mountain Dew has more caffeine than the Coke and the Pepsi. So maybe with good intent, and I've known people have given it to other people. So with good intentions, thinking no caffeine, but yet it was the opposite. So as we look at Satan, how terrible how sad it would be that we spend part of our life worshiping Satan, not meaning to, thinking that we're worshiping God. And uh, so that would be sad. What would be worse than that? Well, to spend all of our life worshiping Satan and not realizing that we were, thought we were worshiping God. So that's the reason we, we uh, looked at the subject, how to worship Satan, that we would know. Uh, not to uh, not to do this to be to be aware of this. So uh, we talked about. Uh, so how do how do we worship Satan? So if we go out trick or treating here in two or three weeks and get some candy, is that worshiping Satan? Halloween. We have some skeletons hanging around for decorations and cobwebs. Uh, is that worshiping Satan? Uh, 
the Ouija board, you don't hear too much about it anymore, but is that, wor is that really worshiping Satan if we would have a, a Ouija board? Uh, I, I'll read this again. I got this from the Encyclopedia Britannica. And uh, it talks about uh, Satanist and Satanism. And it says that it's involving black magic and witchcraft. That would be worshiping Satan, according to Encyclopedia. I don't know what Google would say. Uh, the word Satanist eventually uh, come to mean atheist. Uh, and then there's, I like, well, I don't like this, but I'm glad it's brought to, uh, it's stated, individualist beliefs. And it says that there's good and evil, and they're regarded as opposite and equal entities. So a lot of people are, uh, it's called uh, indi uh, an indi in dualist. I have a problem saying dualist. In dualist, you got good and you got evil, and they're equal. So we see this, I guess, sometimes on television or something, but a lot of people believe this. Uh, so is that, is it good and evil and they're equal entities? Some people take it a, a third step. I'll call it triism or something like that. They'll say there's good and equal and then there's you. God pulls you this way. Satan pulls you this way. It's up to you to make the decision. So uh, these things would look at as, would be regarded as, as uh, Satan worshiped in different times. Uh, English definition is uh, the performance of a devotional act in honor of a deity. And then it also says the act of paying divine honors to a supreme being or other divine powers. So to honor something and give it honor is what is considered by some as worshiping it, giving something honor. So <clears throat> how terrible would it be that we spend all or part of our lives giving honor to Satan? Now, at one time I did. No, I didn't go out here with the pitchfork and those kind of things, but, uh, but I believe that Satan was this great power equal with God. So, uh, thankful that the Lord had brought me out of that, that I didn't spend my entire life worshiping Satan. So, uh, is Satan, and well, the word worship also, Old English, was called worthship. So, is Satan worthy of worship? We'd all say no, he's not worthy of worship. But, uh, again, I used to think eating shrimp and crab legs and lobster and everything was good for my cholesterol, but I was wrong. Didn't know it. So uh, how do we worship Satan? So we'll not go through everything that we studied, of course. We do need to be aware or careful that we not bestow honor on Satan. If we bestow honor on him, 
That's worship. The scripture says uh, in the book of Romans that worship and serve the creature more than the creator. So if we look at man, you know, we don't want to worship Satan, but we don't want to worship man either. We want to worship the true God. So it says, worship and serve the creature more than the creator. So how do we worship man? We're talking about how do we worship Satan, but how do we worship man? We don't want to be guilty of that either. By appraising him with a value worthy of honor. So if we give honor to man, we're worshiping man. If we give honor to Satan, we're worshiping Satan. Where does all honor and glory go? And it goes to our Lord. Not 50-50, not 75-25, not 99% and 1% to us, or half percent to us and half percent to Satan. 100% the honor and glory goes to our Lord. Uh... If we give any part of getting ourselves to heaven, we're worshiping the creature. And so we hear people uh, say that I have to believe, I have to make a decision, I have to hold on faith to the end, I have to pray through. It's that I, and as we've talked many times, where does that come from? I have to do this, and I have to do that. It comes directly from Satan, because he said in Isaiah 14, I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. And then he goes so far as to say, I'll be like the most high. I, I, I. That's Satan's doctrine. And we went through uh, uh, many instances of that, that, uh, that we, or, well, that we uh, would be guilty of this. Uh, remember Peter said, though all the others would deny thee, deny thee, yet I would not. Where does that come from? Looking to himself. That comes directly from Satan. Satan, I'll be like the most high. How did he tempt Eve with the fruit? He said, you know, partake of, no, no, God said not to. And then he ultimately said, uh, if you partake of this, you'll be as God. That's Satan. Well, of course, we see definitely Satan there, but that's Satan's doctrine that we want to take some of the characteristics of God on ourselves by making the right decisions or so forth. Uh, so it comes from Satan, and I don't, want, I don't want us to be guilty. I don't want to spend part of our life, I certainly don't want us to spend all of our life giving honor to man, which would be Satan worship, or directly to Satan, which would be Satan worship. Yes, it says he's the God of this world, but... What does that mean? Does that mean he's in control? No, God is still in control. 
So I'd uh, like to look at a few scriptures. Uh, first, I'd like to go to 1 Chronicles chapter 21. 1 Chronicles chapter 21. And in verse 1, it says, And Satan. Of course, we know we talked about Job. Uh, Satan was there. Uh, but we said, was Satan in control? No, God said you can do this, you can't go any farther. And then another time you can do this, but you, can go, you uh, can't go any farther. So God was in control, not Satan, but Satan's there. Satan uh, is amongst us. So here, in 1 Chronicles 21, it says, And Satan stood up against Israel. What do you think he did? What do you think Satan did as they stood up against Israel? Did he uh, hide all their weapons of war? What did Satan do? He stood up against Israel. What did he do? And Satan stood up against Israel and enticed or provoked David. So what did he do? So Satan stood up against Israel. So he went to the king and enticed him to do something. What terrible thing did he entice David to do? We're talking about Satan. A lot of things may come... To, to people's minds. So st Satan stood against Israel and he enticed their king to do something. What did he, what terrible thing did he entice him to do? It says, to number Israel. To number Israel. Well, what was so bad about that? Well, see, David was numbering Israel to see what size army we had. Could we take on this enemy, or could we take on that enemy? And we'll read on more in verse 2. And David said to Joab and to the rulers of the people, Go number uh, Israel from Beersheba uh, to Dan, and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. I've got to know what size armies we can take on. I've got to know how big our, our army is. And Joab answered, The Lord make his people a hundred times as many more as they are. But my lord the king, are they not all my lord's servants? Why then doth my lord require this thing? Why will he be a cause of trespass to Israel? So, Joab was telling David, said, David, don't do this. Says, the Lord can make our army uh, many times more than it is. But don't, don't do this thing. But you see, this was Satan. We, you know, people, again, when they think of Satan, they think of a lot of different things. But here he stood against Israel. And what he did was cause David to trust in man. How many have we got? But Joab said, that's not it. Uh, and I don't know, I said it probably wasn't this casual because it could have been off with his head. But he said, the Lord could make our people a hundred times more than it is. 
But don't, don't do this. You remember uh, Elisha? He was, uh, I believe it was the Syrians were after Elisha. They, they sent everybody they had after Elisha. So one morning, Elisha and his servant was camping out or whatever, and the servant got up before Elisha and saw all these armies of the Syrians gathered against him. And uh, he went in and woke Elisha up and says, What are we going to do? All these armies are against us. What are we going to do? And he said, Well, there's more with us than with them. And I'm sure the servant said, uh, Okay, Elisha, he's, he's lost it. He's lost it. And then Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the hills were around him were surrounded by chariots of fire. In other words, this was God's army protecting Elisha and his servant. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he'll see. And that's kind of what Joab was telling David, wasn't it? He said, well, he can, the Lord can make our army a hundred times more. But don't do this. It's not about how many people's in our, our army. And, uh, of course, he did. I don't want to spend too much more time on this because some other things I want to look at. So he did, and the Lord went to David, because you did this. Actually, it didn't spell it out this way. could have been because you're worshiping Satan, because you're trusting in man. He says... You can have three years of famine against Israel. You can have three months of the enemy destroying you. Or three days of sword of the Lord bringing pestilence. And then David says, well, he'll you know, rely on the mercy of the Lord. I, I can't help from putting myself in David's shoes just a little bit. David did this. But yet the Lord is going to bring all this on Israel. Three years of famine, three months of the enemy destroying you, or three days of the sword of the Lord with pestilence. And it said during the, I think it was probably one day, but during a, because uh, it's only going to be three days total, 70,000 men of Israel were smitten. I don't know what this pestilence was, but... Uh, so then you look at David, though, and then... Uh, but I want to bring this out, and, and I wasn't intending to, but it says uh, in verse 17, uh, And David said unto God, is it not I who commanded the people to be numbered? Even I it is who has sinned and done this evil indeed. But as for these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, O Lord my God, be on me and on my father's house, but not, but not on thy people that they should be plagued. So David was praying for what? 
praying for others. And when we studied, when we studied the Lord's Prayer, remember that? It said, give us this day. Uh, when uh, Job was released from his, uh, it says captivity, but what he's going through, it said, and Job prayed for his friends. And then he's immediately released from that. So here, we see an example that David, not praying for himself, praying for Israel. And of course, the plague was stopped at that point. So, uh, but Satan, Satan's used it. Satan's used in your life. Satan's used in my life. And he was definitely used here. But again, before we read this, what would you have thought when he said Satan was against him, come up against him? What would you have thought that he caused him to do? I'll say a simple little thing, but it wasn't a simple little thing. But caused David to number Israel. But the key behind it is trusting in man. And that's Satan worship. Uh, in uh, Second Chronicles, uh, Second uh, Chronicles, uh, chapter twenty, again, David didn't realize that he was worshiping Satan, was following Satan. I'm just going to number Israel. But we see, calls him to, uh, to look on man and not God. Second Chronicles 20. Uh, verse 1. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them some of the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some who told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great number against thee from beyond the sea on the side of Syria, and behold, they are in uh, Hazazion Tamar, which is in Jedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. And and or out Judah and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. They weren't going out numbering their armies or anything like that to ask help uh, of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, "O Lord God, O Lord God of our fathers." Art not thou God in heaven, and rulest not over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in thy hand it is, or in thy hand is that is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend? And they dwell in it and have built it a sanctuary for thy name, saying, If when evil cometh upon us as a sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in, thy, is in this house, and cry unto thee in our afflictions, then that will hear and help. 
And now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, uh, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And so we see Jehoshaphat uh, had been brought to realize that it was God. It was to look to God. It wasn't the size of their army. And, uh, of course, God told him, you won't need to fight this battle. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And, of course, they did. And, and the Lord gave me uh, plans to do, I guess. The armies fought each other. And something else they did. So whenever they were going out to battle this enemy that was, you know, they were greatly outnumbered. What do you think they did? Did they, did they have their shields and their arrows and have this big battle plan and everything? Well, they may have had a battle plan. But you know what they did? They sent singers out in front. And the Lord destroyed the armies. And they were three days gathering up the spoil. So Jehoshaphat at this time uh, was not looking to Satan, was not looking to man, but was looking to the Lord. And if we look to man, then we're worshiping man. If we're looking to man, the Lord said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way. If we look to man, any part of that way, we're worshiping the creature, which ends up, which comes from Satan. Any part of it, any part of it. Uh, let's go to Second Kings. Second Kings chapter six. I always have too many scriptures and never get through them. My uncle used to call them proof scriptures. And, and I, uh, I have grown to like that term. Second uh, Kings chapter 6. Well, actually, we don't need to go there. That's what I told you about whenever uh, Elijah there, uh, all the armies gathered against him and his, his uh, servant said, you know, what are we going to do? And the and Lord, uh, or Elisha prayed, that open his eyes that he'll see. So we won't need to go there. Uh, so again, if we do any part of it, I talked to a man, it's been several years ago now, and I worked with him some, and we are talking about the way of salvation and how it was all the Lord. And he says, but you'd like to think we have something to do with it. But what did our Lord say? I am the way. But he was correct. That's what our nature 
we would like to, our nature, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the fleshly nature. We'd like to think we have something to do with it. That, see, that gives us honor and glory. Where does that come from? It comes from Satan. And the Lord brings us out of that in his own time as he opens our eyes and, and our ears. Uh, Matthew 16, maybe we better go there. Uh, but to worship Satan, it's, uh, it's not like many people uh, feel. Matthew 16. We see when Satan came against Israel, just something as seemingly innocent, number Israel. Well, that's trusting in man. So Matthew 16 and uh, 21. Uh, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. So we see this is what he began to tell his disciples. Of course, we know they were looking at an earthly kingdom and so forth, didn't understand. But he had begun to teach them that. He had to go and, and receive these things and be crucified, raised again the third day. This had to be. This is, this is what the whole scripture is talking about. This is God's plan of salvation for us. That blood sacrifice on the cross. Israel, thousands and thousands and ten thousands of sacrifices they offered. Never took away one sin, though, did it? Pointed to Jesus Christ, who did. But, so, he began to teach his disciples that, about this blood sacrifice on the cross. But look at verse 22. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Peter probably said, over my dead body. But he said, no, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. And you think, well, Peter's expressing love and everything here. This is a good thing, right? Look what the Lord's reply was in 23. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. We've read in another place in our study that uh, the Lord told Peter, said Satan desired to sift his wheat. But I pray for thee. Now here, something this seemingly innocent. Lord, no, you're not going to do this. They're not going to kill you and so forth. Not going to do that. Seems innocent. But he said, get thou behind me, Satan. Because, see, that's doing away with the blood sacrifice or not putting any importance on the blood sacrifice. And again, that's the whole plan of salvation is the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. So it seems innocent. Satan would have us to offer a bloodless sacrifice. You take the first step. See, that's you, that's I. You go to a mourner's bench. I would go down, might not get back up. You go, no, I'm going to prove I can't. <laughs> Come and help me up, Bill. Uh, but go to a mortar bench and pray. I prayed through. Bloodless sacrifice. Will you make the first decision? Bloodless sacrifice. See, seems innocent, doesn't it? It's up to you to believe. See, it's up to you. 
is what they're saying. Bloodless sacrifice. All that, any part of it that they give to you is giving honor to ourselves, which is worshiping the creature, which is worshiping Satan. I believe that 100% of the honor and glory goes to the Lord. We are simply on the receiving end of it. I heard... A man yesterday, and I made up mind I wasn't going to be too critical. Uh, be quote a scripture that each of you can quote. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. And he says, he, he, he was going to point out, he says, you know what I really love? You know the word I really love here? And you would have thought it might have been God, or God loved the world, or uh, God gave his only begotten son. You'd think that's what he really loved. But you know what he said? Whosoever. Whosoever. And of course, the whosoever believeth, you can tie them together. But the whosoever, that's clear, maybe that's what he said. That He really loved that whosoever. What does that do? That gives us Honor and glory. That is Satan worship. Am I saying this man is Satan? Am I saying he's going to Lake Far? I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that's Satan worship. I'm thankful that I believe. I think belief is very important. But whosoever, in other words, it's up to you. It's whosoever, it's up to you. He loved that. It's like that man I was talking about. We like to think we have something to do with it. And that's what most of the world thinks, that we have something to do with it. So he loves it. Whosoever. Whosoever believeth. Who is that? Who's going to believe? Do we give the honor and glory to whosoever? Acts 13, 48. All that was ordained to eternal life believed. It doesn't say you believe and then you get eternal life. All that was ordained to eternal life believed. When were we ordained to eternal life? Before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1.4 tells us that. God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that would be holding without blame before him in love. That's the whosoever all was ordained to eternal life believed. So it starts out, God ordains a number to eternal life. And they will believe. But see, you see how innocent it seems? This man said, I love that whosoever. Puts the honor and glory here. Gives us a part of it. Takes part of the honor and glory away from the Lord. So that gives honor and glory to man. Uh, which in turn gives honor and glory uh, to Satan. Uh, one more scripture. 
that was mentioned. Second uh, Peter chapter three. I'm just going to read one scripture. If you, uh, but Second Peter chapter three. And you hear this so so often. In verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How many times have you heard a portion of this quoted when it says, not willing that any should perish? That's what you hear quoted all the time. He's not willing that any should perish. Well, I like to ask a question. Are some going to perish? Some will perish. There will be human beings in the lake of fire. So then what's, what's, what's the problem here? It says not willing that any should perish. So did God fail? There's going to be, we know there's going to be some perish. Did God fail? But they say, again, in that statement, just misquoting this, saying, He's not willing that any should perish. What are they saying? In their seemingly innocent statement, but in their ignorance, they're saying, he failed. He's not willing that any should perish, but some are going to perish, so he failed. That's not worshiping God. But a little closer look at this. In fact, just another word but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish. So we look at this scripture and you study, there's the us and the we and the you, and there's the, the they and the them. Now, on his elect, he's not willing that any should perish, and not one will perish. Not one will be lost. So I don't want us to worship Satan by giving him honor and glory, uh, by looking at man and saying what we must do. There are certain things we will do, but it's because the Lord ordained us to, to eternal life. So worship Satan. It says Satan is the God of this world. So if we give him honor and glory, if we give him equal power with God, then we're worshiping Satan. I believe 100% of the honor and glory goes to the Lord. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.